When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Amanda Vicadene, and on this week's episode of The Conversation About the Men, I'm speaking to former bachelor Nick Vile. Nick has his own podcast called The Vile Files, and he has a book coming out. It's called Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday and Other Advice on Love, Sex, and Dating. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about all things love, sex, dating, and The Bachelor. Here we go. All right, so um, I want to start and just talk about The Bachelor because some of my audience may not have seen that show. How would you describe it to me? Uh, how would I describe it? Well, it's a, a reality TV show that's kind of set up to, in a crazy way, replicate what it was like to date in like the 1950s in the sense that back then, you know, people would go on these kind of really simple kind of quick dates and, and date, like, you know, have interactions and, and then kind of land on one person they had these strong feelings with and then like get engaged and married. Um, and that's kind of how dating was back in the day. And then you have a single lead, whether it's the bachelor, a man, uh, general, you know, historically, or the bachelorette who's been a woman and they have, uh, up to, you know, anywhere from like 25 to 35 suitors to 
you know, see if they can find love. And they go on a series of what either one-on-ones or group dates. Group dates are exactly how it sounds. You know, there's like a group of people dating one person and there are these kind of silly activities and, and things progress and, and people tend to fall in love. It's a very controlled environment. Um, people often ask if it's like uh, scripted, it's not scripted, but the, the environment is very much staged. And within that staged environment, people have some very intense and strong feelings sometimes. It sounds a bit like an arranged marriage. Uh... A little bit, because if you've got other people kind of saying, you know, here, here, here are the people, because you're not picking the, you're, you're not picking the candidate, somebody else's yeah. They're going through a screening process, right? So it's kind of like an arranged marriage where your parents pick the people and they're like, right, you can pick from this, this, here's your pool you can pick from. Yeah, it's a soft arranged marriage, soft arranged engagement. Uh, uh, yeah. Which by the way, do sometimes work out really well. So, hey, who's to know? But, okay, so here's my question. How long is the period of time from when you meet everybody to when you have to fall in love? And does it end in marriage always? No, it's an engagement. So, you know, no. Okay, even engagement, that is such a serious commitment. Like, what is the period of time from like we meet to you got to propose to someone? Uh, in a non COVID world, uh, which they are, they are out of now, uh, it's, I think, eight to nine weeks. Okay, there's no way. Well, you should not be meeting someone and proposing to them within like nine weeks. So does everyone know that this stuff is fake or do people go along for the ride? Like, how does it work? Who's they? I mean, are you talking about the audience? Like the audience, the audience, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the audience. And, and you, like you, you're part of it. Yeah, I mean. Are you it, like, no, I'm up for this? The audience historically has always, you know, questioned its authenticity. And as a, uh, a cast member who went on for the first time, I certainly had, I, I went for the experience and certainly had a lot of skepticism. But like I said, if you, that, that the world that, that's, is, that it's set up, it's designed to elicit the maximum amount of emotions that you could feel for any one person. It can't make you fall in love with someone, but if you are naturally, say, attracted to someone or there's some kind of chemistry, that's gonna be intensified because you have a singular focus. And if you choose to just embrace the world that you're in, it's honestly not that hard to like develop genuine feelings. And when you get to the end, yeah, like you're not totally delusional, but there's this kind of choice of like, you're thinking to yourself, I have real feelings for this person. I, I'm, you know, if you're really self-aware, you might say, I feel what feels like real feelings. Uh, are they sustainable? Are they being influenced by other factors? I don't know the answer, but I know I care about this person. So I'm just going to commit to this person and then we'll get out of this bubble. And I guess we'll see. You know, it's a, it's definitely a risky bet. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't require lawyers to get out of, but there are genuine feel, feelings. I mean, there are, you know, you experience real feelings. Now, what those feelings really are, are they love? Are they, are they passion? Are they lust? I mean, th those are things that you kind of figure out after the fact, but I, I wouldn't call it fake. It's just, uh, it's just being in a controlled environment. You know, and, and I mean, theoretically, that could work for any anybody, right? If what if that concept does apply, you could take any group of people and put them in a controlled environment and say, "Hey, love is possible." If you think about how many people are searching for love, I mean, the the message would be, "Hey, you know, remove the distractions from your life. Really look at those five people you're dating. 
And theoretically, if you really focus on this, you you can allow time and space for real feelings to come. 100%. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say The Bachelor is like the playbook for like healthy dating or relationships. That said, you know, with the current dating climate that is out there with this, like what feels like infinite amount of dating apps and social media and like this paralysis of choice, I think part of the reason why a lot of people are struggling with dating and relationships is because we're having a hard time shifting through all the potential options or the idea of all the potential people we can meet. And sometimes we just need to like, you know, limit our options, focus on what's in front of us, be present and, and really kind of follow through with these connections we might feel. Um, and so, yeah, I think there, we can, there is a maybe a helpful takeaway from, from The Bachelor because regardless of how successful these relationships are outside of The Bachelor, like they are producing real relationships, real relationships, many of which have lasted a decent amount of time. There've been marriages, there've been kids. I think there is something we can learn from it because right now, I think we're just having a hard time limiting our own options and, and, and being kind of picky with, you know, Instagram bios and, and dating rap profiles and things like that. Too much choice. Yeah. I mean, try, try I mean, go on, go on Netflix and, Think about how hard we have to, you know, oh, there's nothing on. There's nothing on. There's literally thousands of options. And we'll turn on the TV and we'll have five or six channels. And if all we had was cable TV, you know, like back in the day when you're watching like, you know, a Saturday afternoon comes on Saturday afternoon and you're watching like TBS or TNT or whatever and like Law and Order or like, you know, like The Fugitive or, you know, name your favorite rom-com, The Notebook no matter what point it was in the movie, you'd sit down and watch it and you would enjoy it, you know? But you go on- Yeah, yeah. Can't watch anything because there's just so many choices and nothing seems all that great because you're like, there's gotta be something better. And, and dating is- It's, it's the, there's always, the grass is always greener. I mean, why do you think shows that promise true and everlasting love are so popular? Because that's ultimately what people are buying into, right? I'm curious why you think that people are so obsessed with these shows because they really are. I think they're obsessed with it because I think love is the most relatable thing in the world. Doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, uh, your background, your beliefs, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're gay or straight, like we all relate to the feeling of finding love and, and finding a partner. And these shows, showcase real vulnerability and they and i think we see our the flaws in ourselves and it's you know a lot of people love to like watch reality tv to kind of judge this and test contestants and kind of nitpick on behaviors that they see in reality we're just kind of projecting our own kind of insecurities you know we we know that when we date we say stupid things or we get insecure or we're like oh why did i say that or whatever uh, and it's just much easier to snark and make fun of other people. So I think we also see our vulnerabilities in the people we watch in ourselves. And I honestly think that what's, that's what makes it more, more popular than just the love is, uh, is seeing how people try because it is really hard to find. And it's tough to be vulnerable and open up and be disappointed. And sometimes when we feel like beat down by the, by the trials and tribulations of dating, it's sometimes fun to watch other people well, you feel face. less alone, right? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look, I am married for, for 20 years. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a good person. I don't even remember what it's like to date, um, you know, but I have worked, I can speak to that because I have worked my ass off to, to be married for 20 years, but I have many, many friends who just 
you know, cannot find love. And I think at the core, we all do want to be loved. And I think that's why it gives us hope when we see, you know, on TV or whatever, we see these shows where it, we see, oh my God, it is possible. It is possible. But I do think it's somewhat of a fantasy. And I, and I wonder if, you know, do you ever feel trapped by the fantasy version of you that The Bachelor created? Because I would imagine it's quite hard to date when in most of the women that you're going to meet have an, a concept of you based on that show. Did you ever feel like, oh shit, I have to be that dude from The Bachelor? Not really. I mean, thankfully for me, the perception of me was not always positive on that show. Um, and I left the show, you know, generally being a fan favorite, but like reviews were mixed. So uh, why were they mixed? Oh, I was the villain on the first time I was oh, on. Oh, you were? Kind of an oversimplified thing, but just, I was I was just the villain. And But women love a villain. I'm sure maybe that played well for you in the dating arena. I mean, I, I, I've, nev I've never complained about my ability to meet people, but I guess to answer your question, I just never, I never felt like I had to live up to the hype of what was portrayed by a show. Now, some of my peers, I think it's different. I think for some of my peers, who experienced um, a very kind of, you know, squeaky clean edit? I, I and and we're and we're because that show what they do is as far as any of the characters they oversimplify you, right? You know, if you're good, you're either good or bad. There's no in between. They they don't show a lot of nuance on this particular show, and so for the people who, you know, were generally you know considered the heroes and they maybe they went on one time, um, I think it, it it's been real tough to live up expectations because people. Nothing gets people to turn on you faster than to make people feel like you led them on. Um, yeah, right. I think a real challenge for people. I've always personally been someone who's, you know, for better or worse, comfortable with being myself. Um, as much as I like to be liked, um, it's never stopped me from kind of being who I am. And unfortunately, that that comes with critics. It does. I, 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 uh, I relate to you on that one. And it's just part of being someone who, you know, is confident with who they are. There's always gonna be people who don't like who you are and that's part of it. Yeah, it's and it's not always easy, but I guess the alternative is is just constantly trying to be someone you're not. And that's just not, that's just not sustainable over time. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's really exhausting. Oh, hi, friends. It's Hillary, Joy, and Sophia, and we are your drama queens. We are going on tour, and we are so excited to announce that we will be live streaming our New York stop of the tour on October 20th at 5 p.m. We have guests Barbara Allen Woods, Daphne Zuniga, Tyler Hilton, and Matt Barr. That's right. If you live stream the show, you will get to see the guests from both New York City shows right in your own home. Amazing. So it's amazing. So get your tickets now at dramaqueensoth.com and we will see you on October 20th. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. 
Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Okay, so I want to talk about your book. Don't text your ex happy birthday and other advice on love, sex, and dating. Um, the description of your book is a no holds barred dating advice book with your relationship expertise. Nothing is off limits as you delve into situations, how to identify a fuck boy and defining healthy love versus toxic love. Okay. Two of my favorite subjects, um, healthy love versus toxic love. And I want to know what are the character traits of a fuck boy and have you ever been one? What are the characters as a fuck boy? Uh, I think if I oversimplify, um, a fuck boy is someone who ultimately doesn't respect boundaries. You know, in what context? Yeah, well, I mean, a fuck. You know, I, I, personally, I think nowadays with the way hookup culture is, is that we're all if if you're participating in dating culture and and if you're participating specifically in hookup culture. So hookup culture, I would define as like two people having sex without an established emotional connection, right? Because nowadays, you know, it's more common to just kind of hook up with people we're, we're dating without really setting any boundaries, without establishing, you know, like any type of expectations or defining the relationship. And with that comes confusion and disappointment. And men and women are both doing that, right? And um, so I think now- But historically, men have done that more than women. And I- Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say- Sure, men are more like considered the fuck boys, but trust me, I have a lot of guy friends who tell the very same stories as my women friends, where they act confused and they wonder why she does this or they wonder why they do that. Because again, nowadays, I think all people in the dating world are, we're so used to kind of casually hooking up. And even though we, let's say we'll, we'll, we'll meet someone, we'll date, we'll go on three or four dates. And then let's say we hook up with them, we have sex. 
I mean, how, how well do we really know these people, right? You don't. It's impossible to know someone after a couple of dates. It's, by the way, when you're in a few years, you just start to see some stuff. Yeah, exactly, right? So, and, and yet, but when, when, we, when we have sex with people often, we still have kind of the same... Emotional kind of attachment, because the physiology of it, if you look at basic Darwinism, it, we are built a certain way with oxytocin that's released through orgasms to connect people. So those attachments are almost like a false intimacy that happens. 100%. In addition to that, I would also say that, like, even though we're having more casual sex, you know, whether it's, whether it's we're not that far removed from, like, kind of, like, Puritan culture or, or things like that. And we, you know, we still have a very conservative values, especially in this country. So like we're, we're having sex sooner, but we still kind of have the same judgment and, and we want sex to still mean something. So like, we're kind of contradicting ourselves with our actions. Like we're out there, you know, like I'm an adult, I'm empowered, sex positive. So let's have, you know, let's have sex. And then, but we're not talking, we're not talking about what, what does this, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to me? You know, we're just kind of hoping we're on the same page and then we have sex and then someone's feelings change. Because without clear communication about expectation, somebody's feelings are going to get hurt unless you both say, hey, I'm just in this for the for the orgasm or whatever it is. Right. And so that's kind of my point when I say that's why we're, we we're all kind of we're all kind of fuck boys now. And what I mean by that is because like in that situation we just kind of talked about, someone decides that like. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it anymore. And then they maybe peace out. And the other person who maybe liked them a little bit more is thinking, "That was you're, you're just a fuck boy, you know? Like you just you let me on, blah blah blah." And 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 in reality, like every situation is different. Maybe that person who changed their mind, maybe they could have been more upfront as well. Maybe they could have uh, been more clear, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is, in reality, most likely both those people kind of endured the conversation they probably should have had before they got naked, took off their clothes, had sex, only to then try to figure out what that other person really thinks, right? Um, and so... But that requires vulnerability, and that's something that we don't teach people how to do. We are not teaching people how to have vulnerable conversations at all, which is why those things are not necessarily happening, and people are just having sex and often getting disappointed. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I kind of been saying recently that, you know, that the dating, the, the, the dating landscape has completely changed. The game is totally different than it was even five years ago, let alone 20 years ago. But yet we still have the same like expectations and goals around dating that we had 50 years ago. You know, we want, we want it to be our one and only, we want to all be the only person. We want to be the most special person. But the truth is, you know, we're not, you know, back in the day, you would go to high school or college and you would get engaged to the person you loved the most in your early 20s. You'd, and, and that would be it. And then you would kind of like be told you have to make it work. Well, nowadays we're not doing that, which is probably in a lot of cases a good thing, right? We're not just settling for the first person we're in love with in our early 20s. But, but that, on the flip side, there's, there's what we're talking about, which is a lot of choice and confusion and lack of ability to commit and always thinking that it's going to be better over there. We have exes and then we even judge people for having too many exes and we're, we're judging each other. We're judging ourselves for like trying. And, you know, we still want to find that perfect person who's only loved us. And yet, you know, we have our baggage, we have our laundry list, but like we're the heroes in our own story. So we never really look in the mirror when it's that way, but we're always looking for that perfect person. And so 
uh, it can be a real challenge. And then that's where you get into like things like that are situationships now. Everyone's just like, Okay, what the fuck is a situationship? I read that as when the description of your book, I was like, what is this? What is a situationship? Did you make this word up or is it a real word? No, it's a, it's a like, it, I definitely didn't make it up, but okay. I wish I did. What does that mean? So it means with two people who are in some sort of rom romantic connection, right? Where one person um, hopes to move that into a relationship where you have commitment and set expectations. And the other person is trying to like avoid that. They don't. This want is that awful. No, this is a nightmare. This is what you do not want. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. But horrible. It's, now, it's the most probably common thing out there, and you know, and 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 the, the reality is, we're both we're all kind of playing a part in it, you know, because we're, you know, the the common like I I call it the hopeful side, right? So, the person who wants the relationship, I call them the hopeful person. They hope it changes, right? And the, if you're the hopeful person, the most common thing I always hear is, well, because I'll be like, well, why, like, why are you accept, accepting less than what you want and, and truly deserve? And it's like, well, you know, generally, because I, I, I wanted some of them if I couldn't have all of them, right? And sometimes we just have to be a, a, not afraid to lose. Well, what that's saying is I'm willing to take crumbs and not a full meal. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, it's one of those things too, with all this stuff like you and I are talking about, right? Like I, I, I'm willing to bet that, you know, people listen to the show, uh, you're, you're married for 20 years. I'm lucky enough to have, uh, be in a relationship. And, you know, sometimes I'll get, you know, criticism. It's like, Oh, like, well, that's why are you being condescending or duh, but for the people going through it. And I've been this person before. I always say like, these theories are so easy in practice. Like it makes a ton of sense, right? Like none of this is like rocket science, but when, but it's hard in like it's hard in practice. Like when our when our egos are triggered, when we're emotionally invested, when we feel like we've tried so hard, it's it's really hard to hold ourselves accountable. Oh, it's painful. It's painful. It's very painful. There is there you know in my life there has been no greater pain than you know love and sex and relationship issues. There is nothing no. like that to like you know, you either go running to therapy or you go running towards self-medicating and checking out with a bunch of more sex and drugs and whatever else. So there's nothing like relationships to like get you to address stuff or check out and stuff, which actually brings me to uh, defining healthy love versus toxic love. So what are those two definitions for you? The difference between healthy love versus toxic love? It's being patient with our partner. It's, it's knowing when to empathize. It's not letting our egos overtake our emotions and it's not wanting to be right, but trying to resolve, resolve conflict. And the toxic love is the opposite of all those things, right? It's, it's trying to win when we're in a fight with our partner. It's letting our egos overtake our emotions and focusing on getting validation rather than feeling loved, right? And you know, that's why we sometimes chase things that deep down we know that that's not good for us because like, you know, we always say like, why do, you know, like the old kind of the trope of like, you know, women date assholes right and, and truth is men will do the same thing like i've totally people I've chased, people date in a, unavailable people because it makes them feel extra special if they get chosen exactly because yeah it's just it's just our ego saying if you know if they pick you that mean you that means you're more special than all the other people they were assholes to there's a part of my book where i talk about meeting your ego Mm. usually you kind of have to hit rock bottom first. I didn't meet my ego until after That's I was me. cheated on by my then fiance, right? Um, and I think there's like this really weird moment in people's lives if you're lucky enough to have that moment 
where you kind of, you feel embarrassed and you feel rejected and your ego's screaming at you and calling you a loser. And then you wake up and realize, wait, like, why am I embarrassed for someone else's choices? You know? Mm. And, and you start holding yourself accountable for like, cause it's like, you're like, what? you feel crazy, right? That feeling. And like, you know, certainly we've dated toxic people who have made us feel crazy, but sometimes that crazy is our egos. You know, like, why have I kept saying, why have I kept accepting less than what I know I deserve over and over and over? And yeah, sometimes we're unfortunate enough, we're dating a narcissist or all these things, but sometimes it's because, again, back to we wanted to feel validated and just recognizing that we have an ego. It's just like admitting to ourselves that like, you know, like everyone else, I like to feel special. I like to feel validated. I want to win. I'm competitive. And sometimes we have to look in the mirror and like just own that and admit to ourselves so that when we have these kind of moments, you can ask yourself, is this what my heart wants or, or am I feeling validated? Is this going to make me feel in the long run? Is this going to make me feel good in the long run? Or is this about short-term gratification that I'm going to just deal with later? Um, and like you said, that just that comes through experience and it comes from facing loss and facing heartbreak and things like that therapy. Right. I mean, have you done, have you been in therapy? Yeah, I go every other week. I was going to say, you must've done, I can hear it in what you're talking about. I also have done a lot of therapy. And so, you know, you know, when you're talking to someone that has done that kind of self-reflective work, uh, I wish therapy was more affordable to more people, especially for sex and love you know, relationship issues, because this is the core issue for so many people and challenge for so many people. But, you know, having a therapist to help you to work out the difference between healthy love and toxic love, it is so simple. And yet sometimes it's so hard to recognize when you're in it. You know, you need another person to be like, oh, hey, well, can you see, you know, what's going on here? Or, or even to understand when your ego's taking over. And even when we one of the most painful places to be in, I don't know about you, is to know better, but not be able to stop your choices. Be like, I know I should be doing better. I know I should be making different choices, but I still am attracted to this kind of a person. Now, what do I do? Well, I mean, people can be an addiction too, right? Um, totally. Like with that moment you just described, it's no different than, you know, I, I'll call like, I'll, I'll refer to people as Sour Patch Kids, you know? What is that? Uh, are you familiar with the candy Sour Patch Kids? I am. I'm also very familiar with all kinds of addiction. So I'm very curious the analogy you're going to make here. Well, I mean, like, I love candy. I love it. And when I when I say the word Sour Patch Kids, my mouth salivates, right? And if I go to a movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm forced with that decision. Like, do I eat? Do I buy the Sour Patch Kids? And then, like, stuff my face? Because you know what I know it's going to happen? After I binge, I'm going to feel, like, gut rot. I'm going to get inflammation. I'm going to feel real shitty, but like sometimes, or like when it's just like sitting, like my girlfriend maybe brings something home or we have a home and we have a party and there's all this like sugar lying around the house. I know it's going to make me feel bad, but yet sometimes I choose to indulge in it. Right. It's like the bag of licorice that I ate last night at 1030 at night. And I woke up this morning like, Oh, why? But man, it was good at the time. It's that short-term gratification. So that the that situation you describe where it's like you know it's bad but you choose it it's because in that moment the truth is at the end of the day sometimes it's just willpower it's willpower to say no to that short-term gratification because in that moment you're thinking well i just want to get laid or i just want the comfort of someone holding me i all i want right now if this person just gives me attention and love i'll feel better right now 
And the truth is this person, whoever they are, especially if you've been investing them for a long time, you know that in the long run, it's just going to be a hangover, right? But it's that immediate dopamine hit that we are searching for, just like any other addiction or just like any other fix that we're trying to get. So yeah, sometimes it can be really hard and sometimes it, it, we can be kind of addicted to, you know, almost hurting so good, so to speak. You know, sometimes that's the hard part too. Like my first girlfriend, we dated off and on and I finally realized I was kind of addicted to the pain mm. uh, of, of my heartbreak because the pain was all I had left. And once I yeah, had- Yeah, and that was a connection with her. And if that went, yeah. then you had to let go of her. If I, if I said no to the pain, then it was really over. And that was scary. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that stop us from moving on from people. But, you know, the truth is, and the, and the, and the good news is, is that we're, we're in control of most of it. We just might require some tough love, maybe some therapy, some hard realizations with ourselves, you know, recognizing the, the role our ego is playing. But like, you know, the scary part about heartbreak sometimes is that feeling like we're never going to get over it. You, you truly feel helpless. There's this real fear of like, I, I don't think I can ever get over it. So the good news is, is that you Have can. Have you felt like that? Oh my God, man, many times. Yeah. Um, oh, why? I don't like that feeling at all. Yeah, but the and, and, and if you were experienced for the first time, it's the worst, right? Because you truly don't know. That's a scary. No frame of reference to know that no you can survive it. You've never been in love, and it, and it and it and then it ends. It doesn't matter how bad it was or how toxic. You're truly afraid that you'll never find that like euphoric feeling again, and that can be real scary. I also want to point out that you know when you look back at date when we look at dating shows like The Bachelor, what what that we've been talking about specifically right now. What they are not showing is the other side of love when you do have heartbreak and you do feel like, well, they do show it, but not to the full extent of feeling so wounded and so injured that you're never going to love again. So people think there's something wrong with them with because they don't know that connected to love is the feeling of loss. Those go hand in hand often, you know, and so we're not showing a fully rounded picture of what it means to love. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it can be real, a real challenge. And um, I personally, I, I feel very fortunate to have had a broken heart. I think without that experience of love, you can learn a lot from heartbreak, uh, if you're willing to, uh, and once you experience loss, you just have a different perspective on love and relationships. And, you know, you can be a little bit more grounded. You can, you know, for me, I don't know how it was for you, but in your next relationships, like, I don't think it's a cynicism. I just think you're just a little more slow to let you start asking more questions. You know, it's great to hear, I love you, right? I love you. You know, sometimes for the most part, like many people wait, you know, a lifetime to hear those words. And so when we do, we're just like, oh my God, I love you too. But sometimes we, we have to ask why, maybe not in the moment, but it's important to know why people love us, right? And understand that because love means different things to different people. Well, people might love you for something that, that people might love you for only a part of you. Or because it feels good to say in the moment. It feels right. good to say. It, feels it good does, to doesn't it? Let's say it. I yeah. love you. It I love feels, you. I feels, it feel, does feel good. By the way, I say that to people, you know, I'm in recovery and I, you know, I meet a lot of people and I hear a lot of people, sh you know, speaking in very vulnerable ways and I do experience love for them, you know, and I, and I, I like to tell people you know, it doesn't have to be a romantic love or whatever, but I can have love for somebody that I just met because of their beautiful vulnerability and their willingness to be seen. And those are the things that evoke a feeling of love in me. And I do like to tell people that I love them, I must admit.
100, 100%. I, I also just think it's okay for us to every once in a while check in with whoever just to say, what do you love about me? Or why do you love me? Because I think especially when it comes to like romantic love, people need to be able to articulate that because you should know why the person who says they love you loves you, right? And you should be able to hold them accountable because sometimes in early in dating, we'll get disappointed. And you know, you hear it all the time. You know, they said they loved me. And then like a month later, we were broken up with. And the truth is like, love is they, subjective, you know? And, and, we, we, and like, you what? could love something for, a, or someone for a period of time and, the, and then outgrow them too. Yeah, we, we, and we can love people for the role they played in our lives. And sometimes we don't know, maybe we're missing something and that person fills that gap and then we don't need it anymore. Uh, and so, and that's the hard part too, right? Because like, sometimes we even can be the bad guy, even though we don't mean to be, because like, if you fall out of love, you have to be honest, right? And that's going to be very hurtful. And like, sometimes feelings change. So, you know, like a lot about what I talk about in my book is it's a lot, you know, redundant in terms of like upfront communication, expectations, boundaries, being willing to have these tough conversations, not assuming what the other person thinks and feels. And sometimes that can take a little bit of the romance out of it, but like it goes a long way to avoiding like some of this disappointment and pain that we so often feel in dating and relationships. It's because the same like, thing as what people say about the communication around, around consent, that it can take some of the, you know, the hotness out of it to have to have really clear communication and, and the word yes around consent but that kind of clear dialogue is is really to keep everybody on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's a lot of lot of different ways to like be romantic and still ask why and check in and set boundaries and expectations because we just we, we're lit, we're dating in a climate right now with so many options, so many apps. It's you know it's so easy to come in and out of relationships. You know, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I like that religion and shame are playing less of a role in our dating lives, but at the same time, we need something else to keep us, you know, grounded and stop us from like being cavalier with other people's feelings because we're, you know, we, we want to hook up. And so, um, there's just a lot of moving pieces in the dating world and we have to just take it easy on ourselves because right now I think a lot of people are just feeling helpless and powerless because, you know, you're just, it's, it's so easy to be disappointed. But if we just start having some of these conversations up front about what we want and what we don't want and be willing to be disappointed, you know, like, listen, like not everyone's into us. We've all been someone's bad what? day. You know? <laughs> Hard to hear. And again, that's that, 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 that role that your ego plays. But like, man, I got to tell you, once, once you just own that, and I say that as someone who's always had a big ego, I've always been a confident guy. I've always, you know, uh, but once you realize that, it's okay for people not to like you. It's okay for people to fall out of love with you. It's okay for not to be everyone's type. Honestly, like things just get a lot. It's of very freeing. It's very freeing. How did it come to be that you are giving people advice on love, sex, and relation and dating? Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying. I, I'm definitely not an expert. I haven't like, but yeah, but you're giving I, advice. I, you know, through my through my failures, you know. Everything I've talked about in my book, I unfortunately had to learn the hard way. Um, and I had to learn the hard way a handful of times. So my hope for this book is to uh, talk about the things I learned the hard way and things I learned that would, you know, uh, a, a better way of doing it. Things I've tried to incorporate in my life as an adult and hope that the people who, who read it 
uh, can avoid some of those uh, pitfalls along the way. Even if it's just one of them, it can go a long way. But uh, yeah, I've definitely learned through my failures uh, more than anything. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I tr as I've gotten older, I've learned how to be more empathetic, not only to myself, but to the people around me. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it just a lot comes down to that. Yeah, empathy is a beautiful quality to have. I I really admire that in people and I have a lot of empathy and I love, I appreciate that about myself and in others. So when you were, um, you know, open to a relationship, how long have you been with your girlfriend now? About two years. When you were open to a relationship two years ago, what were the things you were looking for in a relationship? Oh, I mean... Like everything else, you know, you want to be physically attracted when you first meet. And then after you get physically attracted, you want to enjoy hanging out with them. Um, but for me, what I realized is that I just wanted to feel safe. Um, and what I mean by that is it's like you just I think everyone just wants to feel safe enough to truly be themselves. That doesn't mean that's not an excuse to be an ass, but to be who they are, be accepted for the, who they are and still feel loved. And uh, I was lucky enough to find that with my, my current girlfriend. So, you know, my first husband was 12 years older than me. My second husband is 10 years younger than me. And I have to say in both of those relationships, there was definitely a learning curve because we were in at different stages of life because of the age gap. Has that ever been tricky for you? Because I know it was for me initially. Yeah, I mean, listen, when we first met, that was something I had a lot of anxiety about. And that was a big reason why I was reluctant to, you know, to, well, she, she very much pursued me at first. And that's why I was reluctant at first, but um, we were just very honest about what the challenges, every relationship has its challenges. You have sure. things you're compatible with and things you're not. And I think whoever you are, whether it's a long distance relationship, whether it's an age gap, whether, you know, whatever your incompatibility or, or challenges are, it's just good to be honest with them. You know, fortunately for Nally and I, we we are in similar stages in our life and, and we're with respect to like wanting to settle down and have kids. But at the same time, um, I think it's just being mindful of it. You know, it's 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 just knowing that uh, even though we want the same things, there might be moments where um, we're not on the same page and, and that's OK. So I think it's just being honest that you might face these challenges and when you do like you just it's okay right because sometimes if we're not honest with ourselves about the challenges our relationships can face when those challenges come up we panic and we get anxiety sure. we're like, oh i thought this was perfect you know when i was younger and i met someone and found love it was like we're supposed to be together and we're together because of fate or destiny or god or whatever the fuck and you realize uh, it is an active choice every day <laughs> i'm choosing to be with you every day you wake up and you choose to be with someone and to me, I think that's the romantic aspect of, of relationships. So, um, yeah, we're just, we, we, I try to, you know, walk the talk, so to speak, and we're constantly checking in. And, and when we feel like maybe there's a slight change, right, we address that change. And usually that's a nothing change. But like, as things change, it's good to check in with your partner, how are you feeling, whatever. Uh, because I've learned, there's one thing I've learned in any relationships is that everything changes. And you're either going to change together, or you're going to, change apart and so as and if change, you're and if you're aware of the areas where you do have um gaps you know you have that many more years of life experience of dating of being in love relationships of knowing yourself than she does 
And therefore that life experience means something. And it sounds like you've really paid attention to what your experiences have been and you've really made them count as well. I've come up against things where, you know, it's just to do with life experience. That's it, you know, and you can't, you can't explain that stuff the same way they couldn't explain something to me that I hadn't experienced. I would have had to have lived it to really truly understood it. Exactly too. And that for me, I don't know for you, but for me, it was important that regardless of me, because me being a little older and maybe in some cases having more life experiences, you know, to not be condescending or the know-it-all. At the end of the day, I couldn't be in a relationship with her if she wasn't my equal. uh, And if the power dynamic wasn't similar, if I couldn't go to her for advice or counsel the same way she went to me for advice and counsel, uh, it might be for different things, but like there has to be a mutual respect. And you know, it took me some time to feel safe enough to to know that she was, and that was kind sure. of early on. But you know, thankfully for me, like you know, I'm the I'm the second oldest of eleven. She's the youngest of seven, according to my therapist Arlene. That that apparently is a thing. It helps. Um, she's lived a very different life than I have. You know, she you know, uh, she's lived a lot more life at her age than I was when I was her age, and I guess that helps too. So everyone's life is different, but. Um, yeah, it's just for us, it's really important to, again, be each other's equals, to respect each other, um, to, you know, to make sure that the power dynamics equal, you know, if, if one person's feeling insecure, not to take advantage of that insecurity, but to try to have a conversation and, and, and kind of give that back, you know, because you, we always want to be on the same page. And the truth is, it takes work. And, and we work very hard to maintaining that. But um, at the end of the day, whether it's an age difference, like I said, or you know, living far apart or whatever, like if you have, well, you certain, pick your challenges, right? You, you pick yeah, your challenges. You just talk and communicate and you try to work through it. What would you say is the thing that you need to work on the most in your love relationship? Um, me personally or us? You personally. Um, I think I can always, always be a better listener especially when I feel right Mm. um it's I really try to work on but I don't think I'll ever have to stop working on it you mean when Uh, you're emotionally flooded yeah I guess um or just in general (laughs) I mean I can be you know um and um let's see also like I think I could be um I think it's something all of us, uh, you know, just better at matching her love language, so to speak. Sure. Um, giving her love how she likes to receive love. I think it's easy for us to focus on the way we like to be loved. Um, and so it's just going the extra mile. Um, and again, that's not that I don't do it. I just more I of just can always be better. Um, and and, so and think- you're in the first two years of your relationship. So you've got so yeah. much to still learn about each other, right? Hey, it's Megan King from Intimate Knowledge. If you want to know what was really happening between me and Mike Johnson from Bachelor Nation in Vegas, listen right now to Intimate Knowledge and get all of the not safe for work details. Listen to Intimate Knowledge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Nick, this has been awesome. I have a bunch of questions that I like to ask people kind of at the end of my interviews that, you know, some of them are silly, some of them are more serious. So we're going to just ask those questions. Awesome. Um, okay. So um, what is your attachment style? No idea. I think probably anxious. Oh, attachment. come on, Nick. I, I you know, listen, again, as someone who gives relationship advice, I think attachment style is really interesting. I've had experts on my podcast. I, 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 I'm very careful not to, you know, talk like, do- I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. So I, yeah, I but you've read enough books and you've probably self-diagnosed yourself or identified a lot of things in yourself. So I can't believe you can't work out your attachment style. Yeah, no, there's an ancient attachment style. So I, I'm sure I have some anxious, anxious attachment uh, characteristics. I have that one. I also have ambivalence. Yeah. So I have both. I mean, I would be guessing. Um, how do you define the word feminist? How do I? Um, someone who, well, one, uh, believes in equality between men and women. And for me, I just try to platform and support um, women where I can. And and I obviously try to do that through my podcast by the guests that I have. Um, but yeah, equality. Do you know the current status on Roe v. Wade? Uh, yeah. What is that? It's been re- changed, rejected. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, 
one of the things that I've noticed is how few men are talking about Roe v. Wade being overturned. And other than the woman, the person who got her pregnant is obviously the most affected by the fact that now women cannot have abortions. And I really wish more men would speak about this. So it's a question I'm asking people because I want more men to be forthcoming about their feelings about this happening. Yeah, I mean, when it came out, I think it shocked a lot of people. It's something that, again, it's one of those things, like regardless of what you believe and how you believe, at the end of the day, um, you know, we live in a country that's supposed to be based off of freedom and the freedom to do what we want with our bodies and to make our own choices. And I think it can be a little, it's a little scary right now, given the current direction and that, um, you know, women right now don't have that right and freedom. And um, I mean, that can be scary for what that means for other, you know, marginalized groups and communities, you know, especially in you know, my friends in the LGBTQI community. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of concern about, you know, what, what Roe v. Wade might mean for, for them. But um, yeah, um, it was a, it was a, it was a disappointing. And I really, my heart went out to, you know, all the women uh, I know, my friends and, and the fears that they have. And um, hopefully we will be able to uh, have more freedoms rather than less in the future. Yeah, I mean, men should be disappointed too, because there's going to be a lot of men who are made fathers that do not want to be, which is a massive concern as well um all right so uh why is the wnba less popular than the nba um i don't know where is the clitoris located <laughs> uh somewhere down there Come on, Nick, advice on love, sex, and dating. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to begin, begin to presume I know exactly where it is. So I'm just going to, uh, uh, I guess, pass. Okay. Um, all right. Those are all my questions. Is there anything that we have not spoken about that you want to speak about? Uh, I don't think so. I really appreciate all your uh, questions. Um, it's been great. You know, hopefully the people, people listening, if, uh, if you're out there and you're dating and um, you find yourself to be a little um, uh, lost or confused or frustrated, hopefully there's something in my book. And, I, you know, I think there is that uh, um, you might find that, you know, just get, offers a little clarity, you know, again, like um, sometimes we just need to hear it from other people uh, who maybe aren't our friends or aren't our family. And, uh if I'm that person who can be a friend, then, then great. Um, but uh, that, I think that's about it. Well, thanks for writing your book. And I just appreciate the time you've taken today to talk to me about all of these, uh, you know, interesting subjects. Because really talking about relationships is one of my favorite things. Well, likewise, I appreciate your time. So thank you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. 
This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.